Howdy Strangers, Al Mirabella here, the host of Howdy Strangers, a podcast with friends in low places. Man, crazy week we had this week, huh? You think about that, uh, they put that that new white guy up in the white guy place. Uh, but hey, the, uh, you know, it seems like it's probably going to be a little bit different at the very least. You know, I, I like to shake things up. You know, when like a an album comes out by an artist that you really like, and it's like their worst album ever. You're like, oh, I can't believe they pivoted. This is like a jazz album. It's like a concept album. Concept albums are only good in concept. Most of the time, it's hard to write like 12 or 13 cohesive songs that like really feel like they fit together, but also are kind of within the groove of what that artist in particular records. And then you're just like, well, I can't wait for the next album. And then you you get the the next album, but you're kind of scared because it's like, well, this one, it couldn't really be much worse than the last one. But also like America's gone in a really weird direction, it feels like artistically. And uh, I'm excited to see if this is one that I like or one that I don't, or maybe at the very least is one that is not doing all the stuff that it was doing, but we'll see. Anyway, I'm being very vague on the internet. Here's what I've learned. Most people who are listening to this, since it's a historical artifact, are probably listening, if I had to guess, between the years of 2400 and 2600 before the inevitable collapse of you know, human society and uh, our our loss of technology and our war against robot overlords or something else is probably just going to take our take our internets from us. But, you know, today there's it's you know, it's been a, a historic, crazy fucking week. And as such, I had to bring on, I would say, maybe the most historic guest that I have ever had on <laughs> in that he is the first return guest to the entire show. I Ladies, gentlemen, other folks. R. Alex Murray. Buddy, how you doing? What's up? I'm back. I've returned. There's, uh, I guess, I guess I have arisen. I guess technically it's a new show, right? It's a, it's a different show than the, the it's first like a new, it's, on. you know, I have a problem with branding, Alex. So that's we, fair. we don't really know. It's kind of the same, but also a little different. Well, that's cool. I mean, I feel, I mean, there's your, there's your specific metaphor. I think we're hoping that America is going to be kind of the same, but maybe a little different. Moving forward, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I would say that uh, I would say that Howdy Strangers is a show for a new presidential term. In four years, we might consider a rebrand. We might do like a ninety nine percent invisible when Kamala Harris eventually becomes a president. Um, <laughs> but until then, it looks like we're stuck with this one. Yeah, I mean, my this is my hope. My hope is that this is this is Zoso, and that last thing was Led Zeppelin three. Like, you need one to get to the other. You need to, you know, go go out a little too far and. And nf things up before you can i don't know go back to your go back to your roots we don't want to do that either do we guess we just keep going further out head to the end of the ocean go fight a dragon let me ask did you watch any of the inauguration hell yeah baby i saw garth brooks call everybody i knew y'all see garth hell yeah uh oh yes i i watched the whole thing uh top to bottom we we were very excited uh, got dressed up for it. Um, it was, it was nice to watch. Um, weird to watch, right. At a lot of times, uh, very strange. Um, Lady Gaga's giant bird was a highlight. Um, you know, I, I, I've looked at the internet in the last 24 hours, so I've seen Bernie's mittens all over everywhere. But, um, yeah, I'd say all in all, like I watched TV for an hour and got up feeling way better about everything. Uh, than I had felt an hour before. I uh, I went to bed the night before feeling like it was maybe going to be like the world's worst Christmas the next day, like I was going to wake up and the country was going to be in shambles or something. Yeah. So I just kind of waited until after the fact when, uh, you know, there were not any like militant groups. I mean, that was definitely part of it. Like we there was like we it finished and it and it and it ended and we sort of walked away and we we're eating something. I looked at my wife and I was like, hey, were you a little worried about like seeing something horrible happen that whole time. And she was like, yeah, for sure. But that's kind of part of the excitement. It's like I when mean, you watch a football game live. You watch a football game live so you can see if anyone gets injured. I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if, if somebody if somebody goes for it, I want to be watching, which is like Because you want to be able too. to tell your kids. Yeah. Do you think, do you have like a story of like when you heard the world was shutting down in March of last year, like that you're going to be able to tell people one day? I remember where I was for 9-11. 
I mean, I so. remember where I was for 9-11 for sure. Uh, I mean, the world shutting down, like, we we pulled the plug on our honeymoon. that We were going to go on our honeymoon the day before. Like, uh, we got married late 2019, and we were about to go on our honeymoon in March. And, um, and yeah, you were going was, to Wuhan, so that's, like, definitely not what you wanted. Yeah, we were, we were going to go to scenic Wuhan. We were... <laughs> We were headed to the Caribbean, man. And it was like, it was the first thing that quarantine took away from me. And then it just continued to take all, suck all my joy for a year. But, eh. So we stopped making plans. I got friends trying to make plans with me again right now. And I'm like, y'all need to cut it the fuck out. Stop it. I feel exactly the same way. I got invited to an event and I was like, well, how many people are going to be here? And they're like, I don't know. Not many, maybe 15. I was like, that is way too many people. Yeah. What do you think this is? Fucking... No, I'm not even going to invoke it. I'm not even going to make fun of him anymore. Fuck that. Don't go. Yeah, you know, uh, I just, uh, I'm trying to like, at, at a certain point, I was just really mad at everybody, you know, but I had to just let go of that anger. That anger was not serving me anymore. I'm st- I'm like, I don't even want to necessarily say that I'm ambivalent now. It's like, well, the only thing that I can really do is take care of myself here. And, uh, you know. It sucks because like a lot of the people I know who are just not taking care of themselves, it's not like people I don't like. It's never people you don't like. That that would be easy. <laughs> you could just hate people. Yeah. It's like if your it was, fucking mom. <laughs> like, if, yeah, if it was like the entire state of like Indiana. I don't know anybody in Indiana. That I would suck for them, but it wouldn't necessarily directly affect me. Right. But now it's just like, oh my! I I had to go to the doctor last year uh, at one point because I was develop, developing hives all over me, and I've never gotten hives before ever. Like I thought it was an allergic reaction or something. And I went, and the doctor was like, "Has anything been stressing you out?" And I was like, "Yeah, my mom wants to go to Home Depot, and she like will not take no for an answer." I would like call my mom in like June. I'd be like, well, how, how are you guys holding in? She'd be like, fine. I did yoga this morning and I'm working my shift at the uh, food pantry at church. And I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Please stop it. This was also like mid July when like, you know, I'm in New York and like there's just sirens everywhere. And like my friends are getting hauled off into police cars for, you know, insisting that certain people are in fact people. And, uh, man, yeah, it was it just, it, you know, it's never, it's never just some asshole on the internet. It's, it's, it's your fucking mom who like should know better. Who's a biology teacher. Get it together, mom. Jeez. The person who taught you to like believe in science, basically to be like, oh, I believe in science. I don't know about all that science. That's a lot of science. That's, that's a whole lot. I mean, I am a biology teacher, but I do love church a lot. So, you know, I'm, I'm having some issues in my own brain. My sister's my sister's pastor uh, tested positive for COVID, and that sucks for him and his family. And I do hate that. But whenever, whenever she was telling my mom that, I like overheard it on the telephone. I was like, "Huh, I wonder, wonder why that happened. I wonder, like, that's so weird that he got that. It's uh, he only like holds that gathering of two hundred maskless people every week. Yeah, you know, weird. Yeah, man. I don't know. So, so I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to not anticipate anymore. I'm trying to, and like, you say you. You can only take care of yourself, but that's hard too. Cause I want to, I want to help everybody, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I try and have empathy and compassion for folks. Uh, I understand, um, Nick shoulders, do you know, country musician, Nick shoulders. He's really I do, good. I do not. I will. I will soon though. He is on like the, he's like, comes from like the indie DIY punk sort of aesthetic. And, uh, is oh, that classic like country a, trope? But he, he's like, he's like definitely like, one of those people like you 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 listen to his music and like see him like doing a YouTube live outside of his trailer or whatever and you're like oh that guy really that guy's real country that's like a real country guy right there uh but he's been uh talking a lot because he's developed a huge following amongst like you know uh more progressive and more conservative folks because his music is kind of like overreaching into both of those pools and he's he's pretty far left and he's just talking about how your people are only as good as the information that they're fed. And I like totally yeah. agree with that. I mean, I, I believe the things that I believe because I took them in from like a, you know, what I consider to be a reputable news source. But at the same time, I also like believe in Bigfoot. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't understand where someone's coming from when they're crystals, more skeptical. Crystals all the yeah. fuck over my desk. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I'm also wearing a trucker cap. So like, you know, and, and I just spent the morning listening to Garth Brooks, like loud. Um, but you know what, but uh, my Garth Brooks 
legacy vinyl set on my hipster ass uh fucking turntable so like you know it's you know we're we're smashing it all together i like i mean that's basically like the one of the only places to listen to garth brooks now is if you have a garth brooks vinyl record yeah, he's going to make it do we want to talk about this event i feel like we've been dancing around it a little bit what has happened i mean yeah at the inauguration i would say the biggest i would say the number one biggest thing was that that Bernie, that Bernie Sanders uh, looked like a like a bunched up old man who uh, has a thing to do after this. He, That's he probably the most it. important thing. I, I mean, I'm gonna say that Amanda Gorman probably is gonna top Garth on like uh, like internet relevance. Also, like just I mean, did you see? Have you watched her poem from the end yet? No, I haven't. It's pretty incredible. You, everybody should watch it. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. She's the the youngest um, inaugural speaker I think ever, and certainly the youngest poet. Um, and I think she went from it was one of those things where uh, she. Uh, went from I think like forty thousand Twitter followers to like one point four million in like twenty four hours. Her book sold out on Amazon. I just the country just went absolutely berserko for uh for this girl who like walked up at the end of Joe Biden screaming unity at at all of us for uh twenty minutes and then did a three minute uh poem about like embodying light and goodness and hope and, and everyone was just like yes fuck yes this yeah, uh, it was rad. You know, I feel like since I haven't had an opportunity to go to a live event in a really long time, anytime I get to see something like every every like piece of performance, every, you know, speech, every photo of Michelle Obama I looked at, I was like, this is it. This is I'm get, this is how I'm getting my social credits in. So it's like I'm, I'm sitting here in the dark <laughs> with my with my 13 inch laptop completely silent. No, no, no. Uh, no heat on in the house. My life's basically in shambles, and I'm like, everything's fine because of this. Yeah. Everything is okay. It's all good. I mean, I mean, if anything can unite the country, it's Michelle Obama's belt buckle powers for sure. Yeah, she she looked like she was going to do kung fu in a movie in the 70s, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was fucking rad. All the like Democratic leadership women looked like the most kick ass group of wizards I've ever seen. It's fucking awesome. And like the only person with a, a belt buckle almost as sweet as hers was your boy Garth Brooks, who was also wearing motherfucking jeans. Dude, Garth Brooks just he evokes such strong southern dad energy. I was just trying to think of like what the right word is for it. He's just like a thick dad. And he quite literally showed up in boots to a black tie affair. Come on now. Way to go, Garth. But were they black boots? Hell yeah, dude. Of course. Dress up. I saw I think Jake Tapper tweeted right after Garth Brooks came out, "Whoa, I can't believe they got Chris Gaines," which I thought was a pretty Pretty, pretty. That's what I want to see. I want to see those kind of lighthearted tweets on inauguration day. Yeah, the fact that, like, fifteen minutes after the inauguration of a new president, after four years of flaming wreckage, was that Chris Gaines was trending on Twitter was just like proof that we are living in just a very bizarre time. Yeah, this has been. A, I mean, so far, twenty twenty one has been. Uh, I would say the strangest timeline thus far. If you want to say, like, I don't know that we like really. Uh, we didn't hit the ground running in 2020 for weirdest year on record. I would say for the first couple of months of 2020, I was like, this is going to be a pretty good year. And then it just kind of went, you know, a little off the rails. Yeah. But like, it, it, I feel like I woke up first week of uh, 2021. I opened up my Twitter page and it's like, all right, well, Army Hammer is a cannibal. Um, that was not at all what I was expecting. And uh, Garth Brooks did amazing grace at Joe Biden's inauguration. Also not necessarily what I was expecting. But then I thought about it and it was like, you know, imagine you're Jill Biden. Your husband has been elected the president. You now hold the power of the most powerful position a person can hold basically on the entire planet. You can pull those strings. Everybody pulls them a little bit. And sometimes they do it for good and sometimes they, they do it for less than good. But I think we can all agree that it had to have been Jill Biden who said, we got to get the world's hottest DILF to anyone in their <laughs> mid-60s. 
ask Garth Brooks to come out to this thing. Bring him to my house. I want him to come and sing Amazing Grace for me. I mean, just like as a political move, it was real good. Whoever's job it was, whoever just was like, let's get fucking Garth Brooks and let's have his ass show up in fucking jeans and sing Amazing Grace. And like, it'll be amazing because like you can't have Natalie Maines come out and do it. Right. Because she's already like a polarizing figure and they've like they've already the, the chicks have like made their stand. So you need somebody who like who like hasn't been like, hey, guess what? Ha ha. Liberal. Uh, so, you know, and like Sturgill Simpson doesn't have the like reach, right. Or the relevance to like the people that they, we need to like, (laughs) that we need to be like, Hey y'all, I know you love these conspiracy theories. I know it. I know you love your dumb fucking flags with your snakes on them that you don't understand. And I know you love all this stuff. And I know you love hating anybody who tells you what to do, even though you drive the speed limit and don't have a problem with it. But we have Garth fucking Brooks, yo. We got we got Garth and uh and like that was the yeah if you're gonna pull those strings right if you're gonna fucking if you're gonna take out a bat and swing it get the biggest heaviest one you can find I think that like I mean it was a very smart political move to bring in somebody who you're right did have like not only like crossover appeal I'll say Garth Garth Brooks is like literally like the most successful musician of all time. Like he has, he has three more platinum albums than the Beatles. He's the only person who doesn't have to have his music on, on streaming services because people will go into a Walmart and buy it. With so no problem. Awesome. I was looking around for it today. I was sitting here before we started and I was like, God damn it. And like, I was like, I just want it on my phone. I mean, I'll buy it Garth. And I look, you can't download. It. He's just like, nah, fuck you buy a CD. So rad. He had his own streaming service for a while that had uh, had his songs on. I believe it was called Ghost Tunes, um, and it was actually kind of a cool streaming service. It was similar to one that I think Taylor Swift was advocating for, where like it it allowed uh, musicians to independently determine how much they were going to sell and stream their music for, and you know on what schedule, and gave a lot more autonomy to artists, which is really cool. And if anyone has the money to do something like that, it's somebody like Garth Brooks, but. I just don't see him taking over Spotify ever. I know that that company was eventually bought by Amazon Music, and that's why I was wondering. I think that might mean that Garth Brooks's music is streaming on Amazon Music, but I don't want to line those pockets either. I'm not going to tell my Alexa to do that. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I'm right next to the Alexa. So, yeah, no, that's I get it. But like, I'm trying to like literally I, that like as I was going through like who else could have been this pull, and it's Dolly. Dolly Parton is the only other one. That I was like that level of like, holy shit, you got, you know, you got, fuck, you got Dolly. Um, And there's like the undeniableness of like, you can just find the most bitter doomsday prepper, crazy backwoods redneck. And like, they're going to be like, I mean, fuck, it's Dolly. So I got to listen. Like, you know, like you, you, you. You just have to confront it. Like you can easily, you can be mad at the Dixie Chicks. You can certainly be like, ah, fuck Sergio Simpson or, or uh, Margot Price or whoever. Um, all of those people whom I adore. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I just, I think Garth Brooks is just like, I mean, shit, dude. I mean, I mean, he wrote the dance, man. I can't, you know, like I can't. He's one of the most vocal like celebrity Republicans as well. Like he's a nice, he seems like a perfectly nice guy who just has different opinions than me on a lot of things. He's been like an advocate for queer rights since the early nineties. Well, that, I mean, that's a lot of the like, like vocal Republicans still do. Um, like, because, because who's doing your makeup and shit? Like these are people who have all been in the entertainment industry for years and years and years and years and years. And like between, if, if you, the entertainment industry and the service industry want to fight over who's got the most like, you know, minority representation in them. And like also God workers that are being taken advantage of by massive conglomerates and corporations left and right. It's those two industries. And so you get a lot of like, even, you know, I don't know. You get the weird Republican celebrities where I'm like, I know every, but like who's doing your hair, man, to just have a huge stereotype. I know. And I'll say, uh, I, I have met a couple of prominent Hollywood Republicans and they really, they just run the gamut. Like you would just imagine they'd all kind of be the same, but like, no, you know, it's just like any other group. Like some of these are like really kind, nice people. And some of them are just truly not and are like just your most stereotypical, like big money, big heads, huge egos. Like I earned this $11 million I made on this, this, this movie, you know? 
and uh, I'm I'm worth eleven plus times more than anyone else on this entire crew who's making this movie. Yeah, whatever. And I've experienced that. I've also experienced people who like at a certain point you just get so rich. How do you not be a Republican? Like, how can Garth Brooks like it just wouldn't make sense for him to not be? Yeah, I mean, because his his echo chamber closes up around him. Like all of a sudden, he, he's probably not talked to a poor person in. 15 years he's probably that's, truly not talked to one yeah i mean that's probably true i mean you know I, and i i imagine that like the people work in i don't know, but he's got like he's got a show in vegas right isn't that what he does these days isn't he like doing a like a floor show he was that would absolutely make sense he, he did a, a stadium while. tour in 2018 yeah okay i mean so like that there you go like he's and he's he like semi-retired though i mean he doesn't do nearly as much as he used to do no but also this is a guy who's like worldwide right and like it's hard to be it's hard to be socially like conservative when you like go to Japan every couple of years and hang out with a bunch of Japanese people, because you're, you're, you know, your, your horizons expand if you're traveling around the world, performing music and like meeting people and things. I'm assuming that he's not isolated on his tours. Um, and that might be on me. That might be foolish and it might not be, but like, I've, I've got to think that like, there, there's nothing, you know, there's, there's a, there's a like, Hey, you and I disagree on like how rules should get made and where money should go, how, and how it should get there. Like that's that, I mean, that's just civilization, right? Like that's the point of sitting down and, and having a, if you and I are trying to decide where to go to lunch, we have started an ad hoc government that is the government of where Alex and Al are going to go to lunch and we're going to, you know, determine where and when and how in various ways. I'm like, as a government. Um, and, and, and as long as neither of us are like, if I'm like, we're not going to that place because it's full of gays, then, you know, we're all other ideas are like fine. Right. Um, yeah, we're going that, to waffle house because it's full of gays. It's full of gays. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Waffle House cliches. But yeah, I think I, what I'm trying to say is that like I I imagine him to be like a like a chill dude um who like doesn't hate anybody because they're different than him, but maybe has some, you know, like thinks the local government should have more powers than the federal government, like which is a valid opinion. I, you know, I could probably get in a conversation with Garth Brooks that would make me a little red in the face and him more than his current amount of red in the face. <laughs> but at the at the end of the day, we would both walk away with like mutual respect for one another because we both articulated our points well and saw where the other was coming from. Like, that's the kind of shit that I feel like would happen with Garth Brooks, where I'm like, all right, he's that kind of Republican. I feel him. I mean, it shows you he came to the inauguration in in, in an effort to to serve the community and to serve his country and as a statement of unity and like that's pretty fucking cool uh you know honestly there's probably not any any like liberal or leftist artist who would do that same thing in a in a similar scenario no no i'm not saying to the inauguration of donald trump no right but, that was a different that was a weird situation that we're putting in our past but like in the future like i just don't know that i'm going to see lady gaga at you know fucking I can't even like Mitt Romney in his final last breath for for validation in 2024 or something. Paul Ryan makes his comeback. You don't you don't think that uh yeah you don't think Lady Gaga show up for them. You don't think uh you know he can pull Madonna. Well, we know that they will. No matter what, they will be able to get the YMCA. That's the last uh <laughs> like Man. anyone can get. I believe like trying to think like if if Cobra. Or uh, what's the like Hydra from from Marvel? If they were having like a big event, they would be able to license like a YMCA yeah. like in the Navy. They're like they will just let anyone use that. The the Thieves Guild from Skyrim, if they want a license, they could use the YMCA. Yeah, that is that is now in in the you know. I don't want to say that it's ruined like any of the the songs by the Village People for me, but I mean. The songs by the village people ruined themselves by themselves for me long ago. I mean, by being like pounded into my skull. But I, you know, I, I, I gotta say, also, I think that's the way to go. Like, you just keep going deeper. If you're like anybody can use it, you just commit to that and be like, anybody can use it. I don't care. It's about the money. Sorry. Like, I, I'm not aligned with it. They bought it. They're using it. That's what they're doing. It's not. It has nothing to do with me. 
just a thing I made. I do, I do, I do respect that as a mentality. As someone who tries to separate the art from the artist myself, I mean, sometimes it's basically impossible, but I attempt to. So it would be kind of uh, hypocritical for me to to not say that an artist could separate the consumption of their art from themselves. I mean, you sort of you you can't help it, man. Like you just like you can't like I I've got a you know a thing goes out into the world and. Uh, people latch onto it and like, it's, it's weird when you make something and then people that you don't like latch onto your thing and you're like, Ooh, uh, mm, 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 Hey, Hey guys, no. But then you have to be like, well, then what, how I mean, why did I reach them? Um, what do we have in common? Turns out probably a lot of stuff because most humans have a lot of stuff in common with other humans. Um, we have more things in common with basically anyone else than we, than we have. Uh, you know, in contrast to one another. Agree. A hundred percent. Most of us have the same number of arms and legs and often the same number of eyes. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, we've all got that would be a, a, roughly to. an average of 1.9 repeating. <laughs> yeah. We've all got to do that breathing thing necessary for everybody. Yeah, man. Uh, we all love listening to uh, to podcasts recorded in and around uh, home theaters and basements. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like I feel like um, the last year has really brought out like which which high end podcaster uh, knows how to use like a home recording s- setup and who has been having a sound engineer set it up for them. Yes, I love it. It cracks me up. Left and right. I, I love listening to like a, a big deal podcaster. I'm like, oh, you're dumbasses in a fucking closet with a blue Yeti right now. <laughs> Nude. That was kind of fun to see like on like late night shows at the top of everything. Like how how from home can they do this? Uh, I'm, I'm sure like a sure a sure the, the wow. I'm I'm sure of myself that like someone had to give a call to Stephen Colbert and be like, hey, I know you've got your laptop there, but do you have any like. Um, like thick hardcover books you could put under it to just raise it up a little bit because your chin is doing this thing. There's nothing wrong with your chin. It's just, it's, it's the angle. I know that you're not used to this, but we need you to raise it roughly six to eight inches. And then we're going to relook at it. You didn't look bad in the first half of the segment, but if you have like a big, like a crime and punishment or an infinite jest, go ahead and put that underneath the laptop right now. All you're all you we know. We, hey, Steve, we know you got the Lord of the Rings sitting right there. The whole trilogy. If you could just pop it right <laughs> under your computer, big dog. He's like, you really think that I'm going to, I'm going to let my Lord of the Rings copies first edition J.R.R. Tolkien signed copies underneath the heat of this laptop the man knows he's got collectibles yeah for sure no no no. just your burner copy man not that not that you don't have to don't go and take the on the turlet yeah yeah get the, your dookie hobbit put it on there <laughs> i do there was a uh there was like a tribute to steven this again <laughs> a guy that like loves trucks and is from rural georgia now i'm gonna talk about steven sondheim uh there was a steven sondheim tribute uh like on YouTube for his whatever birthday and uh, Josh Groban, who, you know, you'd think would be able to like use a phone, sang a song. And like, he put his phone on his piano in such a way that I was like, Josh, it was like, we were, it was like, we were Josh Groban's dentists for three, three <laughs> minutes while he <laughs> sang this song. I was like, now thanks buddy. I listened to you sing that beautiful, beautiful song from a little night music, but now I have the image of your uvula seared onto my retinas. Dude. Like he has no time to learn phone theory. He has no. mastered jazz theory. Yeah. Too busy singing and being a pretty chill dude. We went to summer camp together. Did you really? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yep. He taught me how to canoe. I would love to see a, like a contemporary Josh Groban segment on a late night show where he teaches somebody how to canoe. Like this is back, back when I was in summer camp. Back in, I'm not going to assume the year that Josh Groban and you went to summer camp together, but mm, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. He was there for a couple. That of years. makes sense. Josh Groban just seems so old to me. He's 39. If I had to guess, I, he, I, in my mind, he's he's in his 50s, even though he looks like he's like 29. No, he's like three years older than me. Yeah, he's an old soul. <laughs> he is playing the old, uh, the old, 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 old man in the, the Tolstoy musicals. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, my the the we we also had at one one summer my parents were also counselors at the summer camp. It's a whole weird part of my life. Uh, I love that. My parents. That's that speaks volumes about you. They both taught at my high school, and we lived on campus. And then we got in a car every summer and went to summer camp in Maine together. So like the Georgia to Maine traverse was weird, and uh, it was like we'd be at home going to church, being like good Georgians and then we'd go be weird fucking New England like hippies in the in the woods for two months every summer and so you know that began thus began my schizophrenic existence what was what were what were your parents teaching at summer camp or like were they just general general counselors were they was your mom doing biology it's it's weird to think now because like you like you think back on a summer camp and like all the counselors are 19 right or 22 at the oldest mostly Right. I, I think back to like whatever counselor when I was like 12, I'm like, that person was so old. And I'm like, that motherfucker, Randy was 19. Of course he let me get away with all that nonsense. He was drunk and 19. Uh, but there's a move sort of at, at this camp and at, at many others, I assume, where like a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to teach at a, like a private elite boarding school. And then every summer, I'm just going to come up here and be a summer camp counselor. And those people end up being unit directors. So like my parents were like, they were a director of all the counselors. Um, they were, a, you know, big middle, summer camp middle management, I guess. Um, that's like, that sounds like a pretty dope thing to do if you're, if you're a teacher, like, if, you know, you have the opportunity to go spend time, like awesome. basically who wouldn't want to be an adult at summer camp? I mean, they, they were like different people up there, man. And like, it was so much fun. We'd go, we brought the dogs and you get paid to go on a two month vacation. Your kids are going to summer camp for free. Like it, it was a, you know, it was a good move. Uh, like well done dad. Um, and we have, you know, we loved it. We had fun. The dogs knew we were like getting in the, in the car every summer to go up to Maine. It was great. But there was one summer where we had, uh, Josh was there. And then there's uh, a guy named Matt, uh, who, uh, sings for the New York Metropolitan Opera now. And, uh, and another guy who was the leader of the Yale Whiffenpoofs at the time. Um, and then my mom and then the four of them used to sing on Sundays at like, we'd have like Sunday services. The four of them used to like sing songs together. And there's these great pictures of my mom with these like world-class caliber singers. And she's just like, mm, I was the only, only girl there that could sing. I love that though. Your mom has to like carry that with her. Anytime she sees Josh on TV, she's got to like pause it. Whoever's in the room, Smile. you know, I used to sing with him at, at, at Al's little summer camp that we would do. Yeah. I'm imagining so. Uh, what is – what is your, you said your mom's biology teacher. What does your dad do or teach? Uh, my dad was a um, – he was an English teacher for many, many years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sweater sweater, sweater bevested man. Were either of your parents – did either of them lead clubs at your school? Uh, my dad was a golf coach, which is the easiest possible thing to coach uh, at school. And he like, you know, he, he because it was a like prep school, like the kids all had like actual private golf coaches. He didn't have to do shit. He just drove them to and from matches and then they won a lot. Um, and he was like, ha more state championships than any coach ever at this school. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um, and then, he, oh, I mean, he was also the faculty advisor for the honor council because i went to one of those kind of schools uh of which i was the president my senior year and sat on for four years like uh that's a, a weird thing to be when you're 18 a weird position to be in when you're 18 is sitting in judgment over your peers and uh Whoa, hold on tell me i guess i don't really understand an, an honor council all right so like you've got disciplinary problems at a, like a school right this is drinking and fighting and such and uh and then you have honor problems uh, the first honor council uh in the united states was the one that thomas jefferson set up at um the university of of uh, virginia um, and basically there, it was, the idea was like, if you're lying, cheating or stealing or behaving in like in dishonorable manner, any student can like bring you before the honor council and you sit like a fucking tribunal in judgment of your students. And it was, if you were found guilty of a honor offense at UVA, his, 
they just put your name up on like a board and people stopped talking to you. Like they didn't kick you out of school or anything, but it was just like you were done. People were like, liar. And you basically. That's fucking mind games right there. You have to leave. Yeah. Um, For us, it was like if you're you found and mostly it was cheating. Um, we'd get some lying. The school was half boarding, half day. So we had like a weird, uh, contingent of like kids who lived on campus and kids who lived in the town. And like, there would be some like lying, trying to get out of, you know, curfew and stuff, which was also bizarre. I'd be sitting there like, all right, this is a guy that I've known for four years and gone to school with. And I'm about to give him an honor offense. Cause he like showed up 20 minutes late for curfew and lied about it. And this teacher's being a wang. And instead of just like writing him up or whatever, send him to me. But, um, sometimes it was stealing. Sometimes it was cheating. I don't know. Various, various odd things. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, if you, your second offense was like two weeks out of school, I think suspension. And your third offense was like, you're kicked out of school. You're gone. Um, you are a dishonorable person and giving you a degree from this institution would um, demean everyone else's degree from this de- institution. So you're out. We're, we're not giving you one. Um, yeah. And I, I booted somebody out of school uh, that I'd been going to school with for 13 years. It was rough. How do you, how did that like, did that affect you in the long term? Like, do you feel like that either helped or hindered your development as a person? I mean, that's a pretty radical amount of responsibility to assign to somebody who's still going through puberty. Like 18 and like who, you know, has like, you know, all sorts of feelings. He doesn't know what to deal with. And this is also like, also like at the time I was a person who owned a rebel flag and like wore it to play lacrosse in um, because I hadn't, you know, started reading in good books and, smoking weed and going to college and like meeting people from we were talking about bubbles collapsing in on themselves before right like you know it's just all a result of the the weird intense bubble that i lived in and like i didn't i didn't think about what it meant i was just like hell yeah yeehaw leonard skinner fuck yeah lacrosse let's do it and um uh, you know a, a couple of years later i have like a the end of american history x moment where i was like oh uh, okay let's maybe retire that um, it's amazing how people change. Like, it's like when I look back at the person who I like used to be, I like don't even identify with that person anymore. Like if I had an opportunity to go back to my like 18 year old self and just like, you know, grab him by the shoulder and, 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 and say one thing to him, I wouldn't even have an opportunity to say anything. Cause I just punch him in the face. Like what a fucking idiot. That guy was such an asshole. And 18 year olds are like literally the worst. I mean, I'm sorry if you're an 18 year old listening to this, just know that you only have, you can only go up from here in your credibility and, uh, and, uh, and, and generosity and kindness as a person, because it's just a, I mean, that's a, a nasty, like, like, like you said, like shit happens to teenagers. Like they get thrust into the responsibility of like determining who stays in and out of the social circle of their schools, you know? Yeah. And like they're not equipped to handle that. I mean, this wasn't social. This was just like literally on the rolls. Like I kicked you out of school. Like I just cost your parents sixty thousand dollars. I didn't. You did. You shouldn't have fucking cheated a bunch of times, cheater. But like you know, that's that's yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. It's, Do you feel it's like there are any any like anything that you can think back to that maybe you you feel like you made the wrong call? Oh f- fuck yeah. Hell yeah, tons of it. I was also in student government too. I was like the head of a the, like a house, and I have a, a really a distinct memory. I mean, I don't know who this kid was, and I wish I could. I wish I could find him and tell him I'm sorry. So I'll just say it into the internet. Uh, they were trying to implement random drug testing, and like again, like built into the charters of these schools, the kids actually have a lot of power. And uh, they like the administration wanted to implement random drug testing and they had to pass that they had to get the House Senate to, you know, the representative representatives of the student body to sign off on it. And I was very anti it. I was like, you're going to take advantage of this. You're going to kick the kids out of school that like just because they were Birkenstocks. This is bullshit. Even at 18. uh, This is I was proud of like sticking up for that. But. In a meeting that we were having, when I was like trying to explain a thing to kids, I remember this kid in an assembly being like, dude, don't you think that a three-panel drug system would just have make kids start doing drugs that won't show up on the test? It'll just make kids do acid. And I was like, no, 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 it gets everything. And the kid was like, no, it won't get acid. You have to do a spinal tap. And I was just like, nah, dude, I, I know. 
it gets everything. And I like, brushed him off. Now I remember the look on his face. This kid who was like, fuck this asshole. Fuck this kid who thinks he knows everything, who's in charge, whose dad works at the school, who's been given a bunch of stuff. Fuck this guy. And he was right. And, um, yeah, it bums me out. Like, and, you know, but then, then there's also definitely, I also served on the honor council in my college too. So I did this for like eight years. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, we just found a kid innocent who had cheated one time, like the other way. I like, cause we liked him. We thought the teacher was a dick. Like, these are the the lessons about politics I was learning at a very young age. Yeah, I was about to say that is literally kind of how government works. I know, dude. It was literally, and the, the teacher was pissed. He was mad, and we were just our was like, "Fuck you! You're a wang. You can't tell us what to do. We like this kid. We don't like you." And the kid was like, "Jesus." Yeah, a lot of power. Great power. Great responsibility. Didn't always use it well. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you put on all black and do a weird fucking Tobey Maguire dance with your great power. Where'd you go to college? I went to college at Swanee, the University of the South in Swanee, Tennessee. It's like a 1,500-person liberal arts school. Uh, actually, it's if you can imagine, it's about halfway in between Chattanooga and Nashville up on the Cumberland Plateau. And if you can imagine redneck Hogwarts, you're pretty much there. Uh, it looks like they took uh, one college from Oxford in England because – we designed it after them because they gave us all of their books to start a library uh, and dropped it on a mountain covered in fog. And like we would, we wore gowns to class. Absurd. I am looking at this right now. This looks amazing. I would, this Gorgeous. looks so dope, dude. I'd love to go here. Constantly, constantly uh, ranked as one of the most beautiful colleges in the world. Um, but like super isolated and weird. Like you're, you're, it's 90% Greek involvement because there's nothing else to do. Um, and I was in a band and that was my job in college, which was rad. Um, because that, you know, I ended up knowing people from all over campus, but you get sucked into these tiny little weird bubbles. I was like 1500 kids, 45 minutes away from a Walmart. And I went there when my freshman year, you didn't get cell phone service. So like you were there. Um, you were on campus, like you, you had to drive off campus. There was a spot, uh, off campus where like the cell phone tower reached and there would just always be like people in this, like, um, you know, like, like in like a little like car powwow calling home or, or whatever. I love that. That's definitely like a a remnant of a time that that seems to have passed. Oh, it's just way. I'm sure there's probably places that have spotty cell phone service now, but like, I don't even like I haven't in in years I've not even had like a like a real oh I missed a call because I was in a place that didn't get reception. Sometimes on a drive you'll go through like a 10 minute patch yeah. where you're like well there's nothing out here. But as far as like within civilization I I don't know of anywhere that I don't get cell phone service. I will say that at my parents house I get very spotty cell phone service but at least at least, you know, I can connect to the Wi-Fi there, for instance. Uh, it, for sure. It's weird. It's just like a bubble around my parents' house. If I go and walk around their neighborhood, I have perfect reception. But just like from the corner of my parents' driveway to like where their gazebo starts in the backyard. Like if I have a job interview or something, it's like I have to go sit on the other side of that so that I know that I'm going to have, so have cell phone service. I mean, yeah, that was that was college was like that for sure. So you're isolated and like in there and then, you know, co- at high school like they're like I didn't get a cell phone till senior year, like cell phones like mm-hmm. weren't really a thing. Um, oh, oh, just real quick while we're talking about my entire school like uh experience, uh, my economics teacher in high school was uh Ron DeSantis. So that's weird. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> It's that real weird, weird. Real weird watching Ron DeSantis, who 100% was banging his students. I wish one of them would come forward, but it doesn't look like they're going to uh, uh, run your state into the ground. It's very bizarre. Um, I, I can't – I had no idea that that's what he did. Like, oh, economics professor or whatever, but like, oh, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. It's not a professor, an economics teacher at uh, – Oh, I'm sorry, economics in, in teacher. In between like going to get a law degree. Uh, and it's like, he's like erased it. It's not on his Wikipedia. It's not on, like, you can't find it hardly anywhere. He was there for like two years. Um, and he was pretty young. He's not that old. And, uh, yeah, it's just like nowhere because I, I reckon he knows what he did, but, um, 
also, I can't imagine being like a 24-year-old teacher surrounded by 18-year-old girls in Rome, Georgia, where there's nothing to do. So I get it. I uh, my 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 best friend uh, David Kelly. He was a he is an astrophysicist now. Uh, whenever he was getting his his master's degree, he was teaching classes. You know, this is something you do when you're <laughs> getting your master's degree in astrophysics or whatever. Is like teaching some like low-level physics classes or whatever, and. I just every time I would hear that he'd be like I have to go to a class I that just like that just doesn't make any sense like <laughs> I have to go to class yeah and you are my friend you don't have to go teach a class like the math doesn't add up that that's not how it works <laughs> as I've gotten a little older I like know people who are like college professors now who are just yeah. like people I see out at the bar and it's like that's also sort of a weird feeling like I kind of felt like whenever I was got like towards the end of college, I knew some young teachers when I was in high school. Like, you know, like you mentioned having a 24 year old high school teacher is absolutely like, I, I remember being like, this is a viable option yeah. for me when I was 17. It was not, and it should not have been. But in my mind, I was like, I could hit on this 24 year old lady. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? It's the, it's the same thing with the summer camp thing was like, they seem older because they're in a position of authority, but they are not. They're idiots. In in my mind, all college professors are in their 50s, regardless of what they look like or what they teach or what their name is or how good they are at Twitter. Yeah. They're all you like you day one, you walk into your classroom, they hand you one of those like jackets with pe- yeah, patches, patches on, on your elbows. elbows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that day becomes you your new birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my- my my boy Andrew is a is a physicist. He works at the he works in CERN at the the super collider. But he also works for he works for Vanderbilt and the University of Chicago. And like he's just a fucking animal. And like I, it just blows my mind that he's an international physicist. And I'm like you such a like I've pulled you out of too many ditches. Whole lot of my Swan is an Episcopalian school too. So a bunch of my friends are priests. And that's really weird. I'm like, oh, good. Father Mac, who I used to go take bong rips in caves with. Good. I'm glad he's leading. I find that I find that delightfully refreshing. I like the idea. I like the idea of like a priest who I know, maybe not necessarily at the time. I don't necessarily know that there are probably a lot of priests right now who are like, like just taking a fat rip right before they go up to the pulpit. Like, all right. Y'all, that was just some incense back there. I understand. Uh, going up here, my eyes are a little red. It's because I've been crying, weeping to our Lord Christ. Have you ever been in a like a, a like a really intense high church ceremony? Um, you know, I was raised in like a Southern Baptist and then a Baptist church. Oh, no. So like, I'm I'm very like familiar. Like, I've had like those like been involved in those like spiritual church experiences, but not like no 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 no, no. but not like crucifix up on the wall. Yeah, no, I'm talking about robe. like high church, big intense. Like, I'm I'm gonna tell you, man. If you like, like the, uh, I don't have the word, the, the, the things that the incense are in, they smoke those fucking rooms out. And that stuff is like, it's the, the frankincense and the myrrh and the whatnot that's in there. Like they're, they're all mild narcotics. And they like, if you're in like a small, like, or a, or even got a, a big one, the one at Swanee, if you type in All Saints Chapel uh, at Swanee, the, the chapel we're in was beautiful. And like, the uh, the organ in it is huge. You can like feel it, and like if they're singing and there's a huge organ going through your bones, and you're like kind of a little high on like all this incense that they've smoked you out, and your eyes are a little red, and like you're staring right at bloody Jesus, like it, it you know, religion happens. It works. Like it, they are they are doing magic in churches. Let's let's fucking call it what it is. Yeah, there's a reason churches like in their contemporary sense have been around for like, you know, uh, over a thousand years. And it's because like, yeah, they figured out how to do that thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, they don't really need to change it that much. Like, I, I wish that people understood that, like, I mean, I don't attend church regularly. I like going to a church every once in a while. I like, uh, you know getting like the like a cup of coffee or a goodie bag the first time you go to a church we're like who's a first time visitor here and then the deacon comes and like brings you like a thing that has like a calling card that's like don't get an abortion but it's also like has some Reese's cups in it and they give you some mild speed so that you feel good (laughs) on your way out here's a little coffee here's a little sugar yeah church not so bad but i'm not crazy about the like contemporary like neon lights smoke machine churches where they're like you know it they're playing like uh you know like a contemporary 
Hillsong. Contemporary. It's just Hillsong is the perfect. Yeah. It's like that's the uh, you know the textbook example, but like. Christian music was so beautiful for so many years and it all slowly became the same like almost shoegaze pop song where it's just one thing. They have that one very clean sound and they say the same chorus over and over again. And for whatever reason, I guess it's the power of Christ that they don't have to rhyme the lyrics to their songs ever. (laughs) They never do. And every once in a while, something will rhyme, and you'll be like, "That's right, there we go." It's kind of like a payoff. I, I actually kind of appreciate it. You did it. Um, I would honestly, and I don't. I mean, I'm not not slamming anyone who like really enjoys that, but like, there's something about like going into a church with like a malnourished whalebone Christ up on the wall, yeah. right, hanging like little flecks of blood put into the marble of the painting, so that you understand and what level well, of pain he's in. And then they fucking. They pump the like works of fucking handle, you know, like through your veins with a fucking organ that is two stories tall. Yeah, and and uh, a forty person chorus of some of the best singers you've yeah. ever heard, just like absolutely. I mean that, but that to me, I'm all for that. Like I'm so with that. Yeah, I mean it. It works. My 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 college roommate was an organist. And we used to break into said organ, said church all the time at like, we didn't have to break in, you just walk in. The school's in the middle of nowhere. Everything was unlocked. Nothing mattered. And he was an organist, so he had a key to the organ. And we'd fucking, we'd take, and we had a lot of fun late at night. We'd take bong rips and then go in there and he'd play like classical gas on this huge giant thing where he'd play a, he was also the belt, the carolinist, which is the bell tower, like the bell tower with the, the way you ring the like giant bells up in the, in the tower. His dad was the carolineur at Duke university. So he grew up doing it. It's a, it's a job. He made tons of money being a carolineur that we spend on weed. He's a priest now. Um, and Catholic priest, he went intense. And, uh, but we, yeah, we used to, he, we'd be sitting out at lunch and we'd just be like, Oh shit. Is John fucking high as hell and playing ACDC on the bell tower? This is rad. Yeah, I love that. I I think Christianity is maybe the most metal of all religions. It's fucking and blood magic, man. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want us to to eliminate. Like, I it feels like it's kind of getting getting whitewashed in an effort to like bring people. Founders of America were fucking lamos that couldn't handle how fucking rad Christianity was, and like wanker wankered off across the ocean. Yeah, I mean, like. If you think about like like uh, like black metal, right? All like the like dark, deep, satanic imagery yeah. or something like that. Like that doesn't exist without like the light metal version of that, right? Like the the <laughs> the other side of that coin being like this Sewanee like university building that I'm looking at that I would love to see like a fucking Black Sabbath show at. It would be totally badass oh, or something yeah. like this. Oh man! Oh yeah! The, using the buildings as backdrops for all kinds of weird stuff was great, but. uh yeah, dude. I mean, you know, the the I mean the the Catholic Church invented fucking Satan. So, you know, there you go right there. Like they there's no fucking satanic death cult metal without like you know, the Pope's fucking whipping him into existence. Um before that, it was just like a a snake in a garden that thought maybe thinking would be okay. <laughs> How dare he. Yeah. I turned thought off a while ago. Um, have you know, you know, I'm sure that you've you've heard the theory that like the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was like thought to be a, a psychedelic metaphor for giving somebody the ability to think and giving them consciousness yeah, and like yeah. making them aware of themselves. That's I mean, that shit is just bad. Fucking like shitty preppy assholes did acid like it's the it is the biblical analog of like tucker going to a fish show and doing acid and being like oh fuck this and then just running off into the woods yeah 100 percent. oh shit i will never go back to the garden again the next time he's listening to his dad talk about stock options he's like i think maybe none of this shit matters dad i don't know uh when you kind of like uh wake up to the possibility that like maybe uh you don't understand as much about like metaphysical history as as you think you do when when you have not had any like life-changing psychedelic experiences and everything that you've ever seen you just take it literally on its face value there was a huge part of me for a long time that was like 
church is just kind of lame made up bullshit. And then I had one really powerful mushroom experience. And then the next day it was like, I, I had went with my sister to a food pantry for her and her foster daughter to, to go with them to get some food. And I just like saw all of like the love of the community. And I was like, Oh, these people, this is just manifestations of God. This is like people out here doing things the right way. You know, it's not, not everyone is doing everything the right way, but everyone gets kind of like a piece of it. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're right. They are out here serving their community in an effort to like bring them into communion and closeness with God. It's like, I don't have to call it God to feel that exact same thing. Um, I often do now because I'm not afraid of that word anymore. Shit's very real. Well, you start to realize you start to realize that you, in fact, were having powerful psychological psychedelic experiences your whole life. Just nobody was putting that name to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, like when I was in the back of church, fucking snorting Swiss miss and crushing ecto coolers until I was out of my gourd, like and then I was like running around and I was like in this building and like I just remember like like being thwacked out and stopping in the sanctuary one time. I was like running around in the sanctuary by myself and I just stopped and like just stared at a sunbeam coming through a stained glass window, which like we were a Presbyterian church with stained glass windows, not supposed to have those. And um and like just like thinking about existence, like absolutely that was a psychedelic experience. It was fucking weird. Um, you know, I just I just didn't know it was. Um, I had just like on, on accident gotten the veil pretty thin with Slimer's good liquid and um, <laughs> and then like run around in a room where like, you know, a lot of people have experienced a lot of emotions. And then, you know, the deity that was in there fucking whacked me in between the middle of my eyes with like my own insignificance. I'm just uh, I'm still like I'm Google image searching this All Saints Chapel, which just looks so, Rad, so cool. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm, I know that. That this is probably not the same location that as a child you were smashing ecto coolers, I believe no. is the term you used. But like I can just see how a room like this or something like this, I mean, there is energy being channeled in here the same way that like, you know, in Sacred like geometry is dope, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I, I like I there's like just f- the fractal imagery I can see in here, like magnifying whatever you're feeling at that time. I feel like it does every time I go into a place like that. I like have that feeling where I'm like, I feel like this like closeness to the universe. And I'm like, yeah, I, I totally get this. It's weird because there's been like a 2000 year long game of telephone and a lot of people have forgotten some of like probably the more important parts about like the message of Christ or whatever. And uh, now it's a, a lot of the times it's more a like weird, intense desert wizard that thinks we should all get along and that poor people are fucking matter. Yeah, I think we've lost some of that message. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know what? And I used to have a lot of like resentment to the church over that, too. But like these days, I'm like, everyone is on their different path. They're all going to get there somehow. I see people who like, you know, maybe are in church for the wrong reason. And all I think about when I see that is like, that's kind of sad for that person that they're devoting so many hours of their week. Like you could be out like making art or painting or dancing or doing something else to commune with like to glorify God. the but deity instead, that you're worshiping every week. Yeah. Instead, they're just like in there, uh, you know, uh, shit talking over hors d'oeuvres with the other, uh, you know, uh, yeah. church dads or whatever. And it's like, well, you're just really wasting your own energy and really not hurting anyone other than yourself until you do hurt some other people, which absolutely does happen. Totally. And it's kind of sad. It made me, made me feel real bad about being horny for a long time. Thanks, Chuck. I know. Just be horny. If I was a priest, that was the, would be the first thing that I would do. I would go up and I'd say, listen, you're allowed to masturbate. I don't care what anyone tells you, okay? And think about whatever it you want when you do out, it. My boy. Sure consensual. There you go. If you want to think of like Satan uh, sticking his tongue up your taint, like uh, that's weird. And maybe there's some other stuff we need to unpack there, but I'm not going to send you to hell over it. If the Hieronymus Bosch triptych does it for you, that's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can figure it out. Well, it is just not howdy strangers if it doesn't devolve into a discussion of uh, of Satan tongu- tonguing an asshole. Yeah, hell yeah, we got there, baby. Do you want to plug some stuff? You want to talk about some stuff? Yeah. So I, mean, I want to hold on. Let me, let me let me talk about you really quick. Oh, please. First, first name R. That's not true. The letter R. Alex Murray, my, my boy out here starting his own podcast network because no one's coming to you. So you got it. Like if we build it, they will come yep. missing sock. Tell me about it. I mean, it's the missing sock podcast network. Uh, I just basically, uh, 
you know, we had four or five shows going on and I had some friends that like had ideas for shows shows. And so I, I basically just like started them RSS feeds and I was like, yeah, there you go. Push it on it now. Um, and, uh, we are, we are in a, we are a podcast network for explorers and friends. And, uh, I've, oh man, I should read my little, my fun little thing. Hold on. I want to read my whole little, please do. Uh, let me just go to missingsocknetwork.com where my little manifesto is right up on the thing. We're pragmatic tarot card owners, mystic restaurateurs, dice-wielding axe projectilists, cosmic lawyers, satirical troubadours, priest-born kink encyclopedias, cartoon shamans, and improvisational grocery explorers. That is the kind of content that you can expect from our shows. Uh, like Becca After Dark, which I co-host with my friend Becca, whose dad is a Catholic priest. I'm going to give you a second to mull that over. So she's got weird stuff going on. Uh, you could also... That's a, bit, that's a horny show, right? It is an incredibly horny show. Um, <laughs> yeah, very, very... We, we give advice with the air quotes on uh, sex, love, and relationships. And it's sort of just become like a chat about sex and sexuality and relationships, which is uh, really fun. Um, basically, the the third co-host who writes in all the time at this point is... Uh, is um, an Australian gentleman transitioning into full gentlemanhood, um, and so we talk about that a lot. And it's a very horny show. Um, uh, Becca Becca talked a lot about eating donuts off of her boyfriend's dick on the last one, which was a thing. Why would they put a hole in a food if they didn't want me to stick it? I over mean, your dick? you can't possibly think that's not what's going to happen. Like pretzels are just confusing everybody. Guys, come on. <laughs> Uh, and then we've got what mystical Zanya, which is our like stoner. If you're, if you're enjoying Al's flavor friends listening, uh, I think come on over to mystical Zanya and hang out with me and Paul as we consult the field, uh, through one of its more holy, holiest unholy creations, uh, the Garfield comic strip. And, um, it it fills me with an unending amount of delight. It's a very, very good show that I recommend to everybody. We're coming up on our hundredth episode. We have really, I think, hit a stride. We were trying to do too much before, and like now we just like read Garfield and talk about mysticism through Garfield. I mean, if you like a show where you go from country, pop country music to mysticism, I think you'll like Garfield the mysticism as well. Um, Tell me I, about Child's Play. I'll plug Child's Play too. Yeah, my boy Adam and I are listening to uh, all of the Kids Bop records in a row. We're about to be at 19. There's so many more to go. And uh, every week we just listen. And we used to critique, and now we're not even critiquing anymore. We're just talking about these songs and these kids um, because it's become insane. And then we each rework one of the songs uh, in do our own grim machinations to it. And it used to be improving and like, I don't know, now we're just everybody, we each have to bring a, uh, a an odd piece of music every week. Um, and we're having a blast. Um, if nothing else, listen to our, our uh, WAP parody, which is wet and splashy, which is what I was talking about earlier. When you have a thing, it went, solidly viral well over a million downloads uh it's thousands on youtube it played on radio one in europe and we got a bunch of tweets about that and we're like what the fuck is going on and like you know you just it just takes one you only need one of those things yeah man yeah that's my other my other big one is the uh the the mabim bam bit that i was in um it's the the lasik surgery bit that somebody like animated and people find me through that too it's weird hundreds of thousands of listens bizarre but um yeah we're out here doing it man making jokes into microphones and uh trying to trying to figure out the universe i appreciate that those are the two things that i'm trying to do uh so i uh you know i i appreciate fellow travelers along the path hell yeah and i can earnestly plug i've listened to extensively to uh mystic lasagna and a little bit of child's play but i've also dipped my toe i listened to an episode of becca after dark i think the first time i saw you post it and um i started out mike contextualizes the universe and uh these are all very good shows they're very wholesome uh i appreciate you definitely just having a bunch of fun with your friends sometimes uh, a network of shows seem like a business partners who don't really like each other but this just seems to be like a wholesome group of people who 
who like making content together, and I appreciate that. Yeah, we're really trying to stay away from that. This is more more last podcast network, but like happier uh, and uh, less less um, like maximum fun or your wolf or whatever. Like you know, we're we're gonna keep it pretty small and like. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got we got merch and missingsidenetwork.com and it's all there merch and bios and support and bonus content and the whole deal but um yeah mostly just come hang out with us and have fun do you have any uh, you have any tweeters or instagrams you would like to plug i'm at r alex murray all over the internet uh if you venmo me a dollar i will send you a cosmic sausage sticker how about that I love that. That's beautiful. Venmo this man a dollar. I'm assuming that is also R. Alex Murray. Yep, everything. R. Alex Murray on YouTube. R. Alex Murray on Twitter. I think my fucking Pinterest page is R. Alex Murray. R. Alex Murray everywhere. There are many, many Alex Murrays out there, so I slapped uh, an R on the front of mine. Well, thank you for coming on the show, and I appreciate you, and we'll Thanks catch you on the flip flop, man. We'll Always. see you next time. It's the best. I'm glad you're back, dude. Howdy Strangers is an unfunny production. You can find the show on Twitter at at howdy underscore strangers, and you can find us on Instagram at at howdy.strangers. If you're enjoying the show, please consider telling a friend or leaving a review on iTunes. It's kind of weird that they don't review things on any other website, right? It's like, well, I bet you, what if people who have Androids are really the only ones listening to my show, which is what I'm telling myself when I look at those numbers. So if you have an iPhone, get on that shit. Anyway, I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Alex, for coming on. And uh, uh, keep it froggy, folks.